Hey, good morning. I'm Pastor Brian, one of the teaching pastors here, and uh, we're going to be continuing on in our series in Mark. Before we do that, I just want to make mention of one thing. If, you're a, if you are new with us today, we, we, as my wife Tracy mentioned, we have, uh, we have a gift for you as you leave, and in that, in that little gift thing is, is one of these little booklets called The Pursuit. It's just a quick little summary about what it, me- what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We're going to be talking about that today, but if you want to follow up on that and learn more about it, make sure to grab uh, grab your gift on the way out. And all the rest of you, by the way, if you, if you just haven't even had a chance to grab one of these, grab one or two of these. These are great. Uh, it's a great way to be invitational. It's a great way to do some of the things we're going to be talking about today, about sharing our faith with people. It's a real simple way to do it. And so I encourage you to grab one of those. We actually have a class starting in two weeks. The Pursuit class, it's going to be offered during this service starting May 7th. And so you can go online at, or at alpinechurch.org, the Layton page, and you can sign up for that if you're interested. It'll just be right out here in the, in the youth room uh, at this hour. So what you could do is you could come. You, could, you can come to the first service. Go to some of you are like, this sounds like Sunday school. That is. It is like a Sunday school thing. Uh, so some of you are like, this sounds perfect. You've been dying for Sunday school. You can do that May 7th. So come to this hour and go to this. Sunday school to our pursuit class, and uh, and then and then join us for for worship in the second hour. So if you want to do that, I encourage you to do that. Again, starts in two weeks. Okay, so we've been in the in the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark. The the four Gospels are are just the biographies of Jesus. That's that's a, a simple way to understand the Gospels. Are the biographies of Jesus. Mark's is the shortest. We've been studying this since the beginning of the year. And today, if you have a Bible, if you have a Bible app, we're going to be looking once again at Mark chapter 4. So last week, we covered the first 20 verses of Mark chapter 4. It, you know, Mark, does, Mark is the gospel of the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Mark is the gospel that has the fewest parables in it. A parable is, a, is one of Jesus' stories. It's kind of like a story that he would tell to try to put across a point. All the other Gospels have far more parables than Mark does. Maybe you didn't realize that. Mark, Mark just has another one or two at the end of the book. But a lot of what we have in Mark are, teach, are stories and other types of teachings. But Mark included last week's parable, and today is, is kind of like the parable of the soils part two. If you were here last week for Pastor Jason, our youth pastor, as he taught, that was sort of part one. So if you missed it, you can go, you can go find it online and listen to it. But but that was really just all about their four, their different types of soils that we all kind of have a soil. And one of the questions we asked last time is, how receptive are you, how receptive are you to the teachings of Jesus? That's a, that's a, a question I want to continue to ask as we start today. How receptive are you to the teachings of Jesus? That's what your, the soil of your heart is, is your receptivity. Now, it's easy to think about somebody else. It's easy to think about that person at work, or that maybe if you're parents, it's easy to think about your kids when you think about receptivity. But really, we always encourage you, why don't you think about yourself first? How receptive am I to the teachings of Jesus? And not just the teachings I want, but all the teachings of Jesus. Because I think if we, there's certain teachings in here that we would be like, there's, I couldn't find a person in our country who wouldn't be receptive to some of these teachings. Like that, that Jesus loves you. Like, that's a pretty easy one to be receptive to. I guess maybe there are some people who would have a hard time receiving that. If they can't love themselves, maybe it's hard to think that Jesus would love you. 
But there's so many teachings we, we can kind of thumb through here and we can say, oh, I love that one, I love this one, I love that one. But there's some other teachings that, that a lot of people aren't receptive to. There are other teachings in the Bible, teachings of Jesus and just teachings throughout the Bible, where people just sort of reject. They say, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to hear that. And if it, it almost feels like in a culture we live in today, that has excel, accelerated, like the lack of receptivity to God's to God, all of God's word. It's crazy to me how quickly this culture has turned its back on, on God's word and on the Bible. And even some Christians, even many, many Christians, maybe you've heard of people who are deconstructing their faith. Well, I hope that today in our message today that you, you're ready to construct your faith, to build your faith, because we're gonna continue on as Jesus gives now after that big long parable about the four soils and he he follows it up with three more parables about the kingdom of God and these next three parables we're going to look at all three of them real quick these next three parables are like quick short to the point and really the whole thing is about how unstoppable the kingdom of God is it's so easy when you turn the news on it's so easy to 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 watch stuff or to look at stuff on YouTube or on Facebook or wherever, it's so easy to look at it and get so discouraged and like, does anybody believe in Jesus anymore? Does anybody want to follow God's word anymore? And today we're going to talk about how unstoppable the kingdom of God is. I just, I love that. But today, I hope today's message is an encouragement to you because we're going to talk about how unstoppable the kingdom of God is. Philippians 2 kind of gives us a glimpse at the end of all of all of history, and it says that there's coming a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, we talked last week about the soils, and some people are receptive and some people aren't. That doesn't mean, by the way, that, that truth changes. That doesn't mean that, well, you know, what's true for this soil is true for that soil. What's true for this soil is true for that soil. No, the Bible, remember that story from last week is the farmer spreads the seed and it was the same seed and it produced different results in different kinds of soil. It's the same seed. There's only one seed. There's only one truth. So it's not like someday we're gonna get to the end of life and we're gonna stand before God and he's gonna be like, what did you want to be true? Great, then that was true for you. And what did you want to be true? Okay, great, that was true for you. That's actually not how truth works. There's one truth, and again, Philippians 2 says there's coming a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What does that mean? Someday, someday, everyone will get it. Today, only some people will get it. Next week, only a few people will get it. But someday, everyone will get it. Here's the, here's the thing. I, wanna, I want everyone to hear this because I don't know what soils we have here today. But I want everyone to hear this. You can get it today if you want to. You don't have to wait for that day in Philippians 2 where it says someday you're going to be forced to bow your knee and say, you were right, I was wrong. You are God, I'm not. You're in charge. Your truth is truth, capital T, truth. My little t truth turns out was just an illusion. Someday every knee's going to bow and say, you are God. I love that, man. That's a, that's, to me, that's an exciting verse. Because I, I go through this life trying to like drill it into people's heads. <laughs> and I can't. That's what we learned last week is you can spread the seed, but you can't 
force it into the soil. But there's coming a day, this is, this is kind of, life is a game, and we know the end of the, we know who wins at the end of the game. Jesus does. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Whether they like it or not, someday everyone's going to admit it. I want to admit it now. I want to align with that capital T truth now. I hope you do as well. All right, let's look at these parables. First one, Mark chapter 4, verses 21 and 22. Jesus asked them, again, this is right after the parable of the soils. He said, would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. He says, a lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. All right, now let's just look, let's drill down on this. We've got a lot of gro- uh, gro- ground to cover today, so we're going to try to break it down as we go through these passages. Th- this first one, to me, is like a follow-up of what he said about the four soils, because remember the fourth soil, the, good, the only good soil from last week? The good soil is one that produces fruit. And so to me, this is like a natural follow-up. He's like, so part of producing fruit is that you're willing to share your faith with other people. And that's what he's saying is that it would make no sense to light a lamp and put it under a basket. Now, most of us don't light lamps anymore. So maybe a better way to understand this is have you ever like inadvertently turned the flashlight on on your phone and then you have it in your pocket? And then it's like your phone, your pocket is glowing. Uh, that happens to me all the time. I don't know, all these stupid updates with iPhone. Now I don't even know how to use this thing. Maybe I have fat thumbs, whatever, but... Whenever somebody, whenever somebody says that to me, they, they say, hey, your, your flashlight's on. I, not one time have I said, yeah, so what? <laughs> right? Have you ever been like, yeah, I want it on? <laughs> no, it, because it, it's obvious it's not supposed to be on in my pocket. That's, that's really what Jesus would be saying today. Be, does anybody turn their flashlight on on their phone and then stick it in their pocket? No, because that's not how it's supposed to work. Like, it's, an, it's supposed to be an obvious, of course not. Try that next time somebody says it, you know. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. Okay, so that's the first thing is we should be we should be, many of you, if you're a follower of Jesus, you should be a farmer. You should be the one sharing the seed now. That's kind of what Jesus is getting at. He wants us all to shine our light. He wants us all to invite people to follow Jesus. And then he says this. He says, for everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open. Do you remember that so far as we've been studying the Gospel of Mark, that like every time Jesus does a miracle, he's been like, don't tell anybody. Then he does another miracle. He's like, don't tell anybody. Then he does another miracle. He says, don't tell anybody. And it's a little confusing at first because you're like, wait, aren't we supposed to be shining our light? Well, it's because this is early in Jesus' ministry and he doesn't want like the news to to get out too quickly because he knows what that's going to lead to, that he's going to be on the cross. So he's he's trying to do like a, like a time release a little bit, right? But here's what he, here's what's really cool about this. He says, eventually, Everything that's hidden will be brought into open and every secret will be brought to light. In other words, there's coming a day, Jesus is saying, there's coming a day when everything that needs to be revealed will be revealed. Remember, they, at this point, Mark 4, they, didn't full, they were still trying to understand who Jesus was. They were still trying to put to, even his disciples were trying to understand who he really was. Even his family was trying to understand who he really was. 
Remember, they, a couple of weeks ago, they were trying to intervene and they tried to do an intervention because Jesus didn't have proper work-life balance. And so they're trying to like pull him out of ministry. He's like, you don't get it. Because again, it wasn't fully, it wasn't fully revealed yet what Jesus was, to, was coming to do. But here's what's cool about this part of this parable is that day is now. We don't have to wait. The eventually is now, it's here. It's been here for thousands of years. We don't have to wait. We don't have to wonder if there's more secrets that need to be brought to light. You, you can teach. We, we preach from this whole book, the whole Bible, the entire Bible. We're not wondering, you know, there's 66 books in the Bible. We're not wondering if there's going to be a 67th. We don't have to wonder if, if, if God held back some stuff, if Jesus is holding back some stuff, we know that what needed to be revealed is revealed. Everything we need to know for life and faith and godliness has been revealed. The time has come. It's all been brought into open. All the secrets have been brought to light, and so we can start sharing it. We don't have to say, well, I wonder in 10 more years what we're going to believe here at Alpine Church. I wonder, what, I wonder if God's going to come out with, you know, even this little booklet we just talked about, the Pursuit booklet. This isn't this. This just kind of tries to help summarize this. We're not like, God has given us new revelation. We got this new revelation. Go buy my new book. And this is, this is, more, this is more of this. Nope, it's, this just explains, it's like this. I mean, this is like way down here. This is God's word. It is different from any book you have in your library. You can trust it. God has revealed everything he needs to reveal. There's no more secrets left. So you can turn to him and you can have faith that what he says is true. So he goes on. Jesus says this. And this should sound familiar. He says anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Remember he said that last week. I don't know if you noticed last week where the, par- the long parable of the soils, it started, Jesus started with one word. Did you catch what the word was that he started with last week? He said, listen. And then he tells this whole parable about who's able to listen. And then at the end of it, he says, anyone with ears to hear should listen. So it's so funny that he starts the whole thing with listen, but he even knew when he said it, he even knew that not everyone was going to listen. And then here he is again saying, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And then he added this, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you'll be given. And you'll receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Man, that's so hard sometimes, that's so hard to hear. There's some hard teachings of Jesus in these passages here, but he's basically, he's just, he's revealing this mystery. I have a, a young, young men small group I lead on Saturday mornings. Yesterday we were talking about the mystery of God and how all these unsolvable mysteries. And, and one of the things we were learning in our, in our study, it, it's, it's at Pursue God if you're interested. It's called God and Math, the mystery of God and Math. So some of you are like, that is not a topic that I want to go through. Thank you very much. And we talk, in, that, in that podcast episode, we talk about infinity and the, all the different orders of infinity. And here's the thing. I, I interviewed one of my closest friends. He's a math genius. He's a math professor. And he, he, here's what he said. He said, 
the more I study and learn and understand, he has, a, he has a PhD from Johns Hopkins. He says, the more I study and learn and I understand, the more questions I have. The more it opens up, like, 10 more mysteries. So I learn one mystery, and I'm like, oh, wow. And then I see 10 more mysteries. And this is a guy who's been studying this his whole life. And this is what he learns, and he loves that about it. And this is exactly what Jesus is saying. He's like, the closer you listen, the more understanding you'll be given, and then the other mysteries will be opened up to you. And you'll realize how dumb you are. Isn't that true? Maybe some of you aren't math people, but maybe you have some other kind of expertise in something. And you say, that is so true. I thought I knew so much until I really started to study it, and then I realized how little I know. And it's a beautiful thing. And see, God wants to unfold these mysteries to us. He wants to continue to reveal this, these secrets to us. He, and, but this is the key. He says, if you are willing to listen, if you have ears to hear, if you have ears to hear, then you'll be able to hear it. But if you don't have ears to hear it, then in your arrogance, you're just going to get dumber and dumber. My translation. All right. Second one. He goes on. He tells another, another parable. This is the, the mysterious parable. He says, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Sound familiar, right? Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he doesn't understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready... The farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. What's Jesus talking about here? He's saying this, you can try as hard as you can to force the stuff to grow, but it just doesn't work that way. You do your part, the soil does its part, the sun does it, its part, and if it grows, it grows, if it doesn't, it doesn't. Some of you are thinking about your grass right now. I know it. That's what I'm thinking about. Is it going to grow after all that snow, you know? I think about this spiritually, and I, you know, 20 plus years here at Alpine Church, and, you know, we, when we started this in our backyard all those years ago, we, we didn't really fully understand what was going to happen, but we knew that we were, our job was just to share the gospel and see what God would do with it. But as I think back to the people that I've met over these 20 plus years, in Utah and, and people that have come to faith. And there is, if I would have put money on it, I would have lost so much money. Who I thought would stick around and who wouldn't. I remember there's this punk high school kid that came when we were at the Playhouse. This punk high school kid at the Playhouse. And he came with his mom and he, and he you know, he wore his hat all weird. And, and I remember meeting him at the Playhouse and he ended, up, he ended up selling drugs later. He, it didn't, he, didn't, he didn't have like soil, the soil of his heart that was receptive at that time. And I remember he actually got in trouble with the law. He was selling drugs. He got caught. Thank God he got caught. He, was, he did some jail time. And that guy is our pastor at our Riverdale campus today. <laughs> Who would have thought? There's no way I would have guessed that. You could have given, I could have, you could have said, I want one of these people at the playhouse where we were meeting those, all those years ago. One of these people is going to be 
one of your pastors someday. I wouldn't, he wouldn't have been my, made my top 100 list. Serious. But that's the mystery of it. I don't understand how it happens. It wasn't because of me. It wasn't because of our ministry. Like God did, God had a work going on in his heart that was God's thing with him. We were just a sideshow for that. I, I look around at our campuses. I look around at our young people. I'm like, who knows? Maybe that'll be you. Not the drug dealer part, but the, <laughs> the good part. We don't know. Parents, this is so good. This is so help, helpful for us to read. Because I know if you're a control freak parent, <laughs> most of us are, you look at this and you're like, I want to make it happen. You can't make it happen. Now, you, there are things that you can do to help. And there are things that you can do to hurt. That's why Paul says, don't, fathers, don't exasperate your children. Don't like frustrate them because, you're so, because of the way you discipline them. So I think there are things that we can do that, that help kind of create the conditions for the soil, but we can't force any of it. We can't make any of it happen. Think about how God created the universe, the world, the earth. Genesis 1 says, if, let me just summarize it. He put everything in place. He put everything in place all of creation in place, and then on the sixth day, he put people there. That's a, really, that's a really good way to think about parenting, is do what God did. Put, do everything you can to put stuff in place where life can be sustained. That's what God was doing. He put animals there. He put plants there. He's got the sun in the sky. He's got, he's got air. He's got oxygen. He's got water. He put everything in place, and then he said, all right, I'm going to drop in man and woman, and now it's good. And that's what we should be doing as parents, is we should do everything. We, we should really work hard to create an environment where life can thrive. Not just physical, biological life, but actual spiritual life. But at the end of the day, it's still God's thing. At the end of the day, you still can't control it. You can, you can influence the environment, but you can't control it, and that's... That's the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. And then there's one more. Oh, wait, before I get there, I got I to read this. This is what I think of when I think of Eric, Pastor Eric. Philippians 1.6. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Paul's writing this to the church at Philippi that he had planted. And I, I wonder if he's not thinking about some of these parables we're reading and studying. Because he's just like, he doesn't say, and I'm certain that, that I'll be able to finish the work. No, he says, God started it in you, and he's going to continue it until it's finished. What role do I have? I mean, that's, and Paul was one of these guys that really worked hard. He worked, he worked harder than any of us. And still, he understood, I, I, probably this is a little bit of the more you, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. And I, I wonder if this is Paul saying, that's a God thing. I don't even know how to explain that. That's just a God thing. I'm going to trust that God, who started the work in you, is going to continue and is going to finish the work. That's the mystery of the kingdom of God. And then there's one more. It's a three for one Jesus gives us. Verse 30, Jesus said this. How can I describe the kingdom of God? By the way, you notice that's what he keeps saying every time? 
How can I describe the kingdom of God? How can I describe the kingdom of God? That's the parable. He's trying to, he's throwing all the, he's like throwing spaghetti at the wall to see if any of it sticks, you know? Let me try to explain it this way. All right, now let me try to explain it this way. Maybe some of you are here today saying, that's kind of how it feels. Like, there's a lot of stuff you're throwing at me here. I'm kind of, I'm kind of starting to pick up what you're putting down, but I don't fully get it. Well, join the crowd. I think that's probably how they felt, the disciples, when Jesus shared these in real time. He says, what story should I use to illustrate it? And this is probably maybe the most famous one. He said, it's like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches, and birds can make, its, can make nests in its shade. And I think what, what Jesus is saying here, it's the unstoppable part. I think what he's saying here is, look, I know it's a secret, it's going to be revealed, and now here we are, it's revealed, and we, we, can, we can share it. We, the canon is closed, we don't have to worry if there's anything more added. So the secret's out, but it's still mysterious how the whole thing works. And this is the most exciting one of, of all of them. I think this is probably why he organized it like this, because he ends with a bang. And now after this, he's going to be done with parables for a while, for a long time in Mark. Here's what he's saying here. It's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. It's, it's, it's a secret that's slowly getting out. It's a mysterious how it gets out and who even receives it. But here's what we know for sure. It can't be stopped it can't be stopped. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. It can't be stopped. God's word will get out. Jesus will have his way. It'll be established. His kingdom will be established on the earth. Man, that is so good to hear. That is, again, as we, as we watch the news, as we go through life, as we see, I feel like the enemy is winning like never before. Honestly, I feel like the enemy is winning like never before. I think Satan has enlisted more spokespeople than ever before in the history of religion. He is, and people, I'm not saying that people are signing up knowingly to speak for Satan. I'm just saying that he has fooled us so much. He's gotten... Even Christians, he's gotten Christians to buy into stuff that is just not biblical, it's just not true. And it's like little things that are off just a little bit about truth, capital T or lowercase, that kind of stuff. It's like, I get to decide who I am. I get to decide what I want to be. Like the gender thing. I get, to, there's, when I was growing up, it was he and she, that was it. There was male and female, like it says in the Bible. Now again, if if this is offensive to you, please come talk to me afterward because I understand I have a microphone and this isn't a conversation and we think this goes best in conversation but can I just say that it's still he and she. It's still just two genders. That's what it is. And young people, if you're here today saying that sounds really confusing, read your Bible. There aren't any secrets. There's nothing else. There's not a 67th book here. We don't have to wonder and see, the problem is we've got all this, all this messaging coming to the world from people who don't know what they're talking about. These are things that were invented five minutes ago. And, and we think that that stands up to the word of God that's been around for millennia. 
That's craziness to me. And here's what it is. It's not just the secular world that's pushing it. We're starting to see churches push it now. We're starting to see people who have the, the name Christian that are pushing some of this stuff. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. And so when I think about stuff like this, and that's just one example, when I think about stuff like this, sometimes I get anxious and I get a little bit depressed and I wonder what's going to happen in the next generation. And then I read this. <laughs> How can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use? Here's, here's what he says. It's like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade like it is unstoppable no matter what. It's unstoppable. God's kingdom will advance. God's kingdom will move forward. It doesn't matter how many people are out there spreading nonsense. It doesn't matter what the TikTok and Twitter and Facebook algorithms are promoting. And they're promoting nonsense. That's what they're promoting. You put a good, you put biblical stuff out there, you'll have 12 people look at it. You put out nonsense and they'll, they'll spread it far and wide. And yet, God's kingdom is unstoppable. Jesus said it like this, Matthew 16. Upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. The kingdom of God will advance. It'll move forward. And I think what Jesus is saying is don't despise small beginnings. It's so easy. Oh, my young people, you need to hear this. You think about in a ge this generation is more like any other, more than any other generation. It's just we love to count things: how many followers, how many likes, how many subscribers. I don't even know what you call them anymore. How many friends do you have on MySpace? Okay, whatever. <laughs> we have all these things, and we look at you. Look at your phone, and you you pull it out of your pocket. You turn the flashlight off, and then you look at it, and and you're like, why do I only have twelve people that like this? And that person over there has a gazillion followers. You need to read this parable again when you feel that way. It's mustard seed faith. Do not despise small beginnings. Don't, don't go chasing after the likes. Don't go chasing after the followers and the friends and all that kind of stuff. Just look, just stay faithful to what God has said and just trust Trust that he's going to grow what he wants to grow. My f one of my favorite things to do whenever we go back to Chicago, which is our home hometown, whenever we go back to Chicago, the first thing we do, we fly into Midway on Southwest, and, and we go straight to Portillo's. And if you know Chicagoland, you know Portillo's. All right. <laughs> Here's what I love about Portillo's. If you're ever in Chicago, go, go visit one. It's an it's a Italian beef, hot dogs, um, hamburgers, like all the healthy food, all the good stuff. <laughs> and it started off in the 50s as a little hot dog shack. And they have a picture of it. My dad remembers it because he grew up on the south side. He literally remembers the original Portillo's hot dog shack. It's just this little, like, you would call it a food truck today, right? But it was before food trucks were a thing. It was just a little shack that this, that this guy, Dick Portillo, started. And he started it so small, and now 
it's all over, not just Chicagoland, but it's, you can find it in California, you can find it on the, in Phoenix. I mean, you can find it all over the place. And to think this little, this little thing, but you know why? It's because, it's because they make good Italian beef and their burgers are really good and they're, they're hot, their Chicago dog's great and their Maxwell Street Post. I'm getting really hungry. Let's, <laughs> like it's all good. That's just a glimpse, just a picture of the kingdom of heaven. It's so good. This little, simple, tiny seed, it's so good. It's so nourishing. It's so powerful. It's so potent. It's so good. It will not fail. So our job is to just be faithful to it. If you're a follower of Jesus, your job is to keep digging in. Keep trying to understand it. The more you try to understand it, the more understanding you'll have. The more you, the more you turn to it and say, I don't understand it, but I'm going to keep pressing in because I want to know it. I want to understand it. I want to receive. I want, I want my soil, the soil of my heart, I want it to receive it. Worry about your soil. Receive it. And then see what God would do as you spread it. See what God would do as you broadcast that seed in your in your community, in your family, at school, at work, wherever you are, because it's unstoppable. And this whole thing ends like this. Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. There it is again. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables, but afterward, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. And that's us. We're his disciples. He's explained it all to us. We have it right here. Let's be students of the word. Let's receive the truth that he is sowing into our hearts. And let's receive it with joy. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would help us to receive your truth. God, I pray that you would till the soil of our hearts until it is receptive. Lord, for the people who are here today who who are already believers. They love you. They trust you. God, I pray that today this would just be a reminder of the things that we need to, just the basics we need to just keep coming back to. God, may we not ever grow weary of seeking you in your simple, timeless truth. And for the person who's here today, who's maybe had thorny soil or rocky soil or or concrete soil of their heart, people who have had hardened hearts toward you. God, I pray that even today you would give them ears to hear what you, wanted, what you want them to hear. God, they would receive your truth. They would receive the simple message in your word. And God, we thank you that it is unstoppable, that we don't have to look at this world and kind of the direction of our culture and, and just wig out. We don't have to. You got it. It's all under control. And I pray we would remember that and that your kingdom would, would advance nonetheless. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.